We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, we're talking about the game one loss, 93-86 to the Bucks in Milwaukee. It was a game the Bulls had every opportunity to win. The Bucks got out to a big first quarter lead. I believe the Bucks were up 16 at one point in the first half. Bulls slowly chipped away in the second and in the third quarters. Felt like the Bucks were sort of toying with the Bulls. They, they were not playing with much urgency in terms of taking control of the game. And the Bulls had a chance late in this game, Jason, to steal a game one win, but they couldn't get it done. Top line, DeMar DeRozan. Very rough shooting night. 6-25 from the field. Finished with 18 points. Nikola Vucevic, I thought, played a pretty solid game to finish with 24 and 17, but he shot 2 of 10 from 3, 9 of 27 from the field. A lot of wide open looks from deep he couldn't connect on. And the Bucs just sort of grinded this game down to a win. Uh, man, in a game where Giannis only plays 34 minutes, he had foul trouble late with five fouls. Really felt like the Bulls could have stolen this one, man, and they couldn't get it done. So. Super disappointing loss for Chicago, 93-86. Jace, I know that you were tweeting up a storm while watching this game. Seemed like you were really going through it. How are you feeling now, minutes <laughs> after the end of the game? I mean, going through it, I don't know. But this was definitely a game where, I mean, I, first of all, coming into this game, very low expectations. I tweeted that beforehand. Like, we know we've talked ad nauseum about how poorly the Bulls have been playing lately, how poorly they've played against good teams. Uh, and then to go down 16 right away, like, I mean, they went down nine, nothing literally within like two minutes. And it was like, here we go. Bulls are going to get embarrassed. Uh, we saw the Hawks lose by like 30 earlier today. I was like, the Bulls are about to lose by more than the Hawks did go down 16 early, but then they fought back. The Bucks kind of played like dog shit. Uh, the Bulls battled. The Bulls did battle really hard. I thought they played defensively pretty well. Uh, they were rotating. They were forcing turnovers. 
Bucks did not shoot well from three, so that helped. But like, I thought the Bulls played like as hard as you could hope for. Like the way they played defensively was great. But they, this game was right there for the taking. Uh, both teams in the fourth quarter were a hot mess. Bucks won the fourth quarter, nineteen to fifteen. They, the Bulls had so many chances to take advantage of this game. They went up five in the third quarter, then they gave up a big run there, and then or in the third quarter, and then they came back and they were right there again in the fourth. I mean, this game was just like nobody was scoring. I'm looking at this the play by play right now, and there was a point where it was like seventy five, seventy four. Uh, bucks for like several minutes, just nobody making any shots. Uh, and the Bulls had the lead in the fourth, midway through the fourth at one point after Vooch made a bucket. Uh, but then the, the, the Bucks went on a late run for the next couple minutes and they just couldn't get it done. And ultimately, like, like I said, the Bulls, I, I liked how they played, but this honestly just kind of came down to the Bulls best players shooting like dog shit. Damar, six to 25. Zach, 6 of 19. Vooch, 9 of 27. That's, what was it, 21 of, uh, I'm not doing math well, like 21 of 71 for the Bulls' big three players. Uh, that just doesn't cut it. So, like, it does feel like a huge missed opportunity, even if this is a series where we come in thinking, like, the Bulls just aren't going to win it. I came in thinking they wouldn't have much of a chance. They went down big early. To be right there and to lose this game with the way the Bulls shot, I guess you could look at it, well, hey, maybe like the Bulls will make this a series, but I also don't think the Bucks will play this poorly. You hope the Bulls' best guys won't treat this poorly either, but man, a game that was right there, right there for the taking, and with the Bulls' best guys shooting so poorly, it's really tough. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I thought the Bulls did a good job keeping the Bucks out of transition. The Bucks were not getting a lot of easy stuff in the open floor. I thought the Bulls made them work in the half court. You know, there are some plays where Giannis is just too damn big and too damn strong to do anything about it. He had several just absolutely ridiculous finishes in this game. And really, the only time the Bulls were threatening the Bucks is when Giannis was on the bench. Giannis plays 34 minutes. He goes plus 19 on the night. When Giannis was off the floor, the Bulls were playing pretty well. But I thought Coach Bud gave the Bulls a gigantic gift in this game limiting Giannis to 34 minutes, had him out for like several stretches. Before didn't he have him? He had him out at the very end of the game, right? He like just, he took him out after like his fifth foul and then didn't put him back in. I feel like it was very bizarre. It was, I mean, the Bucks played the, I think we, I feel like we talked about this, like where the Bucks maybe might have like one of these games that they had in the last couple seasons where they just huge letdown in like game one, uh, just play really poorly. They shoot, they shot really poorly. They shot 10 of 38 from three. 15 of 23 from the free throw line, they had 20 plus turnovers. The Bucks did not play well at all tonight. Middleton, seven turnovers, shot four of 13. Drew Holiday shot really poor to start, but he, he picked it up a bit late. But like outside of Giannis, like you said, Giannis was a plus 19. They were awful when he was not playing. And even there were times when he was playing, the Bulls did all right. The, the Bucks put this game on a platter for the Bulls to win. And they just unfortunately, they shot 30, 32% overall and 7 of 37 from three. So they just weren't able to take advantage of a game the Bucks totally, honestly, gave that, wanted them to win. They begged them to win this game. They, they just couldn't do it, unfortunately. Yeah, I thought that the Bucks just didn't take the Bulls seriously after coming out so strong in the first quarter. Uh, the Bulls really did have several glimmers of hope. I mean, if DeMar just has his normal shooting night, working against Wes Matthews for the majority of the game, as predicted by Ty Windish on our preview podcast. You know, it's a totally different ball game. I thought Zach mostly got taken out of the game by Drew Holiday. 
another master class defensively from Holiday. Uh, but yeah, man, when you're shooting 32% from the field and under 20% from three, you're just not going to win the game. And uh, I know we have Larry in the guest room. We got Steph in the guest room. If anyone wants to come up, anyone listening right now wants to come up and give their thoughts on game one, uh, we're happy to hear them because, man, this was an intense game. And it felt like if the Bulls were going to win a game this series, I thought they had a chance in game one coming off like a week's worth of rest. And then maybe in game four, a noon tip off in Chicago, they'd have a chance. So to lose this game was just a gigantic bummer. I thought lots of interesting rotation decisions. How about Kobe White over Io DeSumo in the rotation? Kobe plays 23 minutes. He played Io pretty well. Nine. Yeah. Go ahead, Jace. Yeah, I was say Kobe played pretty well. He had a nice little, I think, spark there in the third quarter. Io, yeah, Io didn't do much, which I guess – Io had obviously had kind of taken over for Kobe in the regular season, but Io, I feel like Billy had a short leash with him, had a short leash with Tristan, which was fine, which is obviously good. Had a short leash with Patrick Williams. Kobe played pretty well. He didn't get off to the best start, uh, but I think in the second half he helped, he sparked them a little bit. So that, I mean, that was nice to see. Uh, and obviously he, um, he went with, he did go with Derek Jones Jr. at the five a few times. But there, I did, I thought, I guess just talking about Billy in general, like I thought Billy coached a decent game for the most part in terms of the rotations. I did not love, he started the fourth quarter with DJJ and Tristan together. Didn't love that. Uh, also, I, I feel like he could have challenged a few things. There were, I guess we could talk about the refs now or later, but there were a few very questionable calls there. Some charge block calls that, Really went against the Bulls' way, but uh, Billy definitely did change. He, I think Billy tried a lot today uh, in terms of the way they defended Giannis, in terms of the rotations. Uh, definitely a lot different from the regular season. So like, I thought Billy, for the most part, outside of a few decisions, tried a lot. Uh, it just didn't work out because, again, ultimately it's up to the best players to hit shots, and they did not. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, one thing about the best players struggling is it feels like the role players on this team just weren't threatening the defense at all. Yeah. Looking through the box score, you know, Io takes one shot in nine minutes. Uh, Derek Jones takes one shot in 10 minutes. Javante takes one shot in 17 minutes. Pat takes three shots in 23 minutes. And Caruso was basically being ignored on the offensive end throughout the night. He did hit one three-pointer, which was big. I think that was at the start of the fourth. Caruso's defense was phenomenal and really helped get the Bulls back in the game in the second half. But at the end of the day, the Bucks' defense is loading up on the Bulls' three stars. And especially when you got Drew Holiday out there, who feels like, you know, a Revis Island-style defender where he's just taking away half the floor you know you have to worry about Giannis's help anytime you're driving to the rim. It's like the role players on this team need to make the Bucks feel a little bit more pressure when the Bulls have the ball. And for the majority of the game, no one else wanted to shoot the ball besides for Zach, DeMar, and Vooch. And that's sort of how you get into tough spots, I think. So uh, rough offensive performance for the Bulls, no doubt. <laughs> like you said, 32% from the field. Scoring 86 points. And remember, I think this Bucks defense ranked number 14 in the league. Obviously, they were missing Lopez for the majority of the season. But, you know, this isn't exactly the same Bucks unit we saw over the last few seasons that was routinely near the top of the league. Uh, they just totally shut down the Bulls today, the Bulls offense today, though, when it mattered. Yeah, this was definitely like 
I feel like a complete opposite of the game. We thought what would happen, a low scoring rock fight, uh, pretty brutal for sure. I mean, I feel, I feel like we figured mostly the Bucks, as you said, middle of the pack defensively of this season, but when they can lock it down, I mean, when they have Drew, they have West, they have Gian- Giannis, Brooke Lopez. I mean, that's a really good defensive team, but even then, you would hope the Bulls would take advantage. The Bulls got, I feel like, plenty of great looks. I don't, I did, did not like, did not dislike the process too much. I did think Demar, uh, and, and this is just a, a product of Demar. This is what he does. He he will take the tough shots. Demar forced a bit when he was not having, but the Bulls got a ton of great looks. I thought, uh, at least from three. I mean, Vooch missed how many wide open threes did Vooch miss? He missed some bunnies. Uh, they, they missed. A ton of good looks. Demar missed a lot of the shots that he usually makes. So like, Bulls, I feel like game plan wise, like they 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 were fine. They they came in this game, they played hard. Their game plan was fine. It just they weren't able to make the shots. They weren't able to execute, and just that just makes it more frustrating. The because of the fact that they played so close and they had this opportunity and just could not do it, and the fact that there are three like whatever they built this team that is built on like three offensive guys, and they just weren't able to make these shots. Uh, we got a couple speaker requests up here. We got Kevin and Steph. Let's uh, let's bring both of them up. Get some other takes here. Uh, Kevin. Oh, oh hell yeah! What's going on, Kevin and Steph? Thank you both for joining us. Uh, yeah. We'll start with Steph. Steph, how you feeling after watching that game? And man, what what a frustrating offensive performance that was. Yeah, I thought that um, as long as they kept it close, I would be happy. But this ended up being way <laughs> more painful losing this way. Uh, but I did think there was a bunch of good stuff to take away from the game. Um, yeah, one interesting thing was just the pace that they played at. It was like, a, I think it was about 100 possessions in this game, which I think is like another really smart move by Donovan. Like when you're an underdog and a pretty severe one at that, you want to try to keep the pace of these games really low to ramp up the variance as much as possible. You also want to uh, encourage your opponents to shoot a lot of threes. So I think that's what the Bulls did. Uh, that was their game plan. Um, yeah, and it, it worked out pretty well. I mean, they were a lot more in it than everybody expected. And I also love that they got back to that old style they had in the first half of the season. I, I didn't watch this game super, super closely, but um, yeah, just the amount of turnovers they had, that was so key to the beginning of their season. And to see them do that again, to turn the Bucks over so frequently, I mean, they're going to have to do that if they want to keep the rest of the series close. Uh, yeah, I was saying Caruso was awesome in the second half, uh, forcing turnovers. Uh, it, it did look a bit more like earlier in the season with, with the way they were doing that. And Caruso was awful in the first half, really picked it up in the second half with his defense. Uh, Kevin, let's let's go over to you now. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Absolutely, yep. yes. Um, cool. All right. Yeah, so um, I agree with what Stefan said about like feeling like, oh, if they keep it close, that, that'll be more fun. Um, and like, I'm trying to keep that perspective, even though I am incredibly disappointed by, uh, what just happened. Um, I thought the refereeing was really bad. Uh, I don't, I don't like being that guy, but like Giannis should have fouled out at least two or three times. Um, and, uh, some of the calls down the stretch that they made that should have gone the bulls way. Um, and sent Giannis out of the game. They not only didn't uh, do that, they they like called a foul on uh, Patrick Williams and gave the basically gave the Bucks points. Uh, so that didn't feel great. Um, 
But I thought the defensive game plan was really good. Uh, I think that they basically um, did what teams should do with Giannis, which is to try to wall off the paint as much as possible and um, force the Bucks to beat you with their shooters. And they're, you know, they're good enough shooters to do that. Uh, but they have, you know, they have better shooters than the Bulls roll guys, but they have guys that'll go cold from time to time. Um, Brooke Lopez is a good shooter, but he's, he can be inconsistent. Uh, Drew Holiday is very much the same, like a good shooter, but, uh, can have games where he's just cold. Um, and I, I thought Caruso looked way better after getting the, uh, the rest for his back the last few games, it's, it makes me wonder like how much better would the stars have looked if they had gotten as much rest as Caruso did uh, once they clinched the playoffs, because he looked like a different guy. Um, overall, I, I liked a lot of things that they did. Um, they just could not make shots. And I'm a little bit worried that everybody, all the haters that, uh, you know, basically have been critical of DeRozan for being not a playoff performer. Um, I'm, I'm w- a little worried that maybe they're right because he was terrible tonight. Yeah, definitely. I want to credit Wes Matthews because I thought Wes did a good job of kind of rushing DeMar. And even when DeMar was like catching the ball, he wasn't getting like, you need to get like two steps closer in to truly get to his spots. And it felt like he was just sped up the whole night or he was, you know, operating a little further away from the basket than he wanted to. So I thought Wes Matthews, you know, super smart, strong veteran defender, Thought he did a good job on DeMar, but uh, DeMar certainly had plenty of misses on the night when you shoot 6 of 25 where the ball should have gone down, and he was just off. It just wasn't a good shooting night from him. I'm glad you brought up the refs because I did want to highlight one play in particular, which was looked to be a clear over-the-back foul on Giannis with about two minutes left off a miss from Drew Holiday. Pat had him boxed out. Giannis soared over the back. He had five fouls at the time, would have been a foul out. Instead, they give the foul to Pat. And from that point on, the game was pretty much over. The Bulls, uh, you know, didn't super threaten to get back in the game again. But uh, I thought that was pretty rough. We got DeAndre here. DeAndre, what's going on? Thank you for joining us. How are you feeling about that Bulls game uh, with it ending in the last few minutes? Man, <clears throat> Good morning. I mean, good evening, y'all. Appreciate being up here. Uh, I appreciate the fight. When it was down 16, I feel like they never gave up. Now, it's been three calls. Somebody said it's been three calls where Donovan could have challenged. But I say if he would have challenged that Patrick Williams call, because I think we was up Either two or down two or something like that. When that, I'll look it up. Hold on. Go ahead. I want to say I think we was up. That changed the whole game. That that changed the whole atmosphere. Cause that just because before that, like the whole sport court was back and forth, dog fighting. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was that was tough. I'm hold on. I'm looking where this foul was called the Bulls, the Bulls were down the Bulls were down a couple when that happened but honestly that sh- that would have been Giannis's six that would have been his six that would have been his six foul yeah, that definitely would have changed the game because with Giannis being out the game I felt like if we even pushed this to overtime oh no, we definitely got a chance yep absolutely yeah I mean there were 
the re- I, I hate yeah I don't like being I know you guys have said this too like I don't like being like a blaming the ref guy and the Bulls obviously they did not shoot well enough to win this game oh no uh, but there no, were no, no. multiple calls that one the two charge calls that could have gone either way Zach's I think that was his fourth foul were, yeah Milton was obviously moving Billy says that the bench told him that they didn't think that that they thought that was a charge. I mean that I don't know, man. That looked he looked like he was moving. Middleton looked like he was moving there. And then later in the game, there was I think I think it was was it was either Middleton or Giannis, uh, where easily could have also been a very similar call. Could have been a charge. Ended up being uh, a defense a a block, and I think maybe an and one. Like I mean, that's several big. That was I know what you're talking about. That was the uh, the Giannis one. I think. Either Patrick Williams that took that or DeMar DeRozan took that. But I think that was the, uh, DeMar, DeMar, DeMar was the one who took that one. And it seemed like he was like maybe moving a little bit, but like it was pretty similar to the, the Zach Middleton one earlier. Didn't go the Bulls way either time. Really tough. And the thing that Billy said here is that he didn't challenge that Zach fourth foul because he thought the bench thought it was correctly called. He didn't want to lose the challenge for later. But then he didn't challenge like anything else later in the game. If there's anything you want to complain about with Billy, uh, that was I feel like that was kind of tough with those missed calls. But I said I don't want to blame blame the game on that happening. But it was it was tough to see. I know Giannis is the MVP and he's often gets the benefit of the doubt here, but he should have fouled out. Uh, the Bulls got screwed in a few calls there. It was unfortunate. Uh, Can so I say something? That, it's 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 tough to it's tough to overcome. Your best player shooting like shit and huge calls going against you like that. What's Can up, I say Kevin? something about Billy really quick? Yep. I felt like he had a really good game plan. And I thought like yeah, – That was a good yeah. That his, was a good game plan. Yeah, his strategy I think was good. But I think Billy's good at strategy but bad at tactics I think because um, some of like the, the – or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. Somebody smarter than me can tell you tell you which one is for which. But he the the overall game plan I thought was good. But the little things down the stretch, like some of the decisions on not challenging, like okay, he doesn't want to challenge the Zach uh, charge that that wasn't a charge. All right, you're saving your char- your challenge for later. Then how are you not using it when Giannis clearly goes over the back with the on Patrick path? Williams? If you don't save for later, use it for the Patrick yeah. Williams. Um, so like that, I didn't like, and then Billy also loves the, the, the quack, uh, quack quick too. Oh like, yeah. What they were down by like, what was it like five or something? And it's like, yeah. you're probably not winning either way, but like, why are you going for a quick two? You need a three. Um, and ju- then, I, uh, I, I mean, you want to do a quick two and foul. I can understand that, but. No, yeah, but do we, like, do we they, think that's a Billy thing or do we think that's a Demar thing? Because I feel like that's like De- or and Zach. Demar and Zach, I feel like love going for quick twos when the game is like yeah. kind of out of reach, but maybe not. But just like yeah, it wasn't really out of reach, even though it was like fifteen seconds left. Yeah, it wasn't really out of reach, but they quick they they had to get a quick something. They 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 love doing that though. So like I wonder if that's Billy telling the matter, or if those guys well, just like love. Doing that. I I am curious about that. If hey, it's not yeah. Billy, he's got to tell them to stop doing that shit. Yeah. Because they need – if you're down five with 15 seconds to go, you need a three because they're probably going to make at least – They ain't going to give you the three. They ain't going to give it to you. 
Well, they're not going to be year two either, though. That's the that's the misnomer. Of I, the, it, it, the I had to say, hey, I am this way with this crew yet. Like, <laughs> damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good point, Kevin, because he's been going to the quick two throughout the season. Uh, that's he's got, something he's got that, college coach brain, man. Like, yeah, it, it's it's his roots. It's not the first time we've seen it. Steph, sorry to put you on the spot, man, but if you got a second, I'm curious what you think they can do in terms of uh, game two adjustments because, you know, you mentioned you like the game plan tonight. I also like the game plan tonight. I was thrilled to see only seven minutes from Kristen Thompson. I, I, I keep the and, same game plan. That's got to hit shots. That's all it is. Yeah. What, what do you think, Steph? I think you uh, had a really good game plan a couple days before, Ricky, where you suggested that Tristan Thompson should walk into Lake Michigan. <laughs> so he, I think he still played like eight minutes this game. He was surprisingly only like a minus four, which is probably the best he's been all season. <laughs> he had one nice chip in. <laughs> I mean, I, he he makes the worst mistakes. I don't understand what Billy sees there because like he's really not giving them anything in any facet of the game. So just like that seven minute difference makes a, a pretty big difference if they can just play other guys. Honestly, I think he's. A, I really think he should play Tristan Thompson a little bit more. No, I don't know. <laughs> no way. I mean, I mean, I mean, look at like, let me look at like this. Jimmy up. Because when we, when we play small ball, we get dominated on the boards. That's like, true. I mean, we, they, we get dominated on the board. It, it'd be Vuce Dallo going up against Giannis and Lopez and or Bobby Portis. The problem is, Trist, I mean, Tristan played seven minutes and didn't grab a defensive rebound. So, and that's like, what, what do we do? What do we what exactly do you do here, Tristan, if you're not going to grab any defensive rebounds in your seven minutes? Now, now look, now look. Now, this is why I, now this is why I say here. Yeah, it's on the Bulls, not just the guards, not just the four, the whole team to gang rebound. That's what you got to do. You have to gang rebound. Everybody's standing in the perimeter like everybody's standing in the perimeter. But when it come down to it, it'd be one person there, one person down low. It'd be like three people back. Oh, come on, man. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, thanks, DeAndre. We appreciate it. Uh, man, tough, tough loss for the Bulls. I, I just don't really know like where they go in terms of game two, in terms of like what you're hoping can go better for them besides for they shoot Make the ball shots. Better, for as for <laughs> you know, rough as the Bulls big three shot the ball. Middleton went four of thirteen. Uh Drew Holiday went six of sixteen, and Giannis only played thirty-four minutes. So you know, you talk about the Bucks' big three, and Giannis was awesome, but, like, Giannis is going to have better games in the series than this one, and he just wasn't on the floor that much. I saw, you know, the Bucks fans upset at Coach Bud for not playing Giannis more. Uh, and then Middleton and Holiday both had kind of rough shooting nights. So, yeah, I'm not saying that this was the Bulls' only chance in the series, but I think that this was a very good chance for them, obviously. Uh, and you just wonder, like, are the Bucks going to come out, play with more urgency? Later on in the series, to me, it felt like the Bucks were just kind of sleepwalking through this. They just didn't look very decisive in terms of how quickly they were getting into their offense. And, you know, the, the Bulls had every opportunity in this game. But when your stars are shooting as poorly as they did tonight, it's tough to win. Rio, what's going on, man? How are you feeling about that game? Okay, maybe Rio can't hear us. Oh, there I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh... It was it was a lot more competitive uh, down the stretch. I'm I'm thankful for that. Um, <laughs> Agree. <laughs> but you, I don't know how you guys feel, but you can definitely tell that they still have some retooling to do with this roster because, and it and it's it's kind of times like this when when you look at you know the. Uh, after the all-star break, the, the problems that they were having, and then, you know, uh, this first game here, um, that these guys just it, – it was definitely a a bad matchup. I, I don't know that, you know, Boston or Philadelphia would have been, you know, any different, but this was definitely a bad matchup. The, the length and them playing physical – has given the Bulls problems. If you, you know, if you go back to the the four games that they played during the season against Milwaukee, like the length and, you know, uh, all of that just played a a big part in it. And um, I I was never excited about the the Tristan Thompson signing, you know, um, uh, during the the deadline. But it's it's times like this that I, I really sit back and think to myself, like, should they really have tried to look into making a move before the deadline? To that yeah. point, I mean, just again, I think we talked about this earlier. You look at what happened for the rest of the like the role guys. 
today. You had Demar Vooch, Zach obviously did not shoot well, but like nobody else like did not. Caruso did play really well defensively in the second half, but like Pat non-factor. Uh, Javante, Javante played hard. He was a plus five. I mean, the bench was like the bench was a plus, but like they just didn't do anything. They have too many guys that just like don't do anything, and that's obviously in the playoffs. Teams like you just like can't have too many guys who don't do shit, and like. Io was in there, just kind of didn't really do much. Tristan is out. We obviously talked about Tristan. Derrick Jones Jr. I thought like played pretty hard, and like, when they went small with him, like I thought he did some nice things. But like again, no points. I mean, literally Kobe and Tristan were the only two guys off the bench who scored. Caruso, they just had too many limited guys. So like it, yes. when we talk about when we talk about retooling the roster, like you said, they definitely just need more guys who can do stuff. Who can shoot? Who can score? And we we knew the shooting thing was a problem coming into the series. The Bulls' three point shooting has been such a problem the second half of the year. In terms, of, they they did the fact they got up thirty seven threes tonight was, I mean, I feel like that's a good thing. They obviously only made seven, which is bad. Zach was two of ten. Booch was two of ten. Booch missing wide open looks. Crusoe yeah. missed wide open looks. Pat was not even close on his three point attempts. Kobe Kobe started hot, but then missed his last few. The Bulls getting getting up those threes was great, but like they need guys to hit them. So they just have like too many guys here who just like can't do enough when it matters, probably. And right. like and yeah, I think that's like the point you were getting at. And they, they just need more guys who can hit shots, who can just make things happen. And, and well think- like again, they Jones, Javante, I like they play hard, they can do stuff defensively, but you ultimately need to get buckets, and the Bulls just have like four or five guys right now where you really just like can't count on them at all to score, and that's how that's how this game ends up. Although again, the Bulls stars missing missing all these shots also does not help. I got a I got a question for Steph again, Steph, if you got a minute. What do you think of Vooch's game? Because I thought Vooch defensively played pretty well. I thought he was sharp in terms of walling off the paint. Uh, you know, they desperately need his size in this series. Rio, if you could mute, if you got a second, just to mute yeah. Rio a little bit in the background. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of Vooch in this game, Steph? Yeah, I thought he was okay defensively. I what, Like what Jason was saying, I love that he got up 10 threes. I think he has to do that pretty much every game. Like I was saying before, you have to ramp up the variance. And part of that is if they're going to give him an open three, that's probably the best like points per possession that you're going to get on on this Bucks defense that has been uh, a lot better with Brooke Lopez out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think the minutes where Vooch was out, they really got killed again. That's like partially on Justin Thompson being the small ball five. If you're going to roll with that, just play DJJ there. Um, that other speaker was saying, like, they were getting killed on the glass, which is true. Like, Giannis was getting a bunch of offensive rebounds against them, but – you're going to give us something to the Bucks, you know, like they were contesting shots really well. I thought that they were staying in front of pretty much everyone. They could switch everyone. So yeah, Giannis never really got a downhill lane against that unit. So um, yeah, I mean, I guess to go back to what you were asking me though, I mean, I thought, I thought we played fine. Like it's obviously frustrating watching him miss bunnies. He's done that all year, but uh, you know, you got to go with process over results, I guess. Kevin, what do you think could uh, get Levine or DeRozan going for the rest of this series? Because rough shooting nights for both of them. Um, I think Zach could get going if DeMar would get out of the way. <laughs> like, he was cooking for a little while at a certain point, like halfway through the game, and then they just went multiple possessions in a row of DeMar taking difficult contested shots that 
that didn't go. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, a lot of it comes down to, I thought that they generated some pretty good shots, um, and they just didn't make them. And, um, you know, I saw some people complaining about Zach taking the, the three pointer with like 35 seconds. I to actually go when they were that done. shot. That was, it was a good shot. It was a smart shot. He two for he, one. It was a two for one. You make sure that they don't, that yeah. if you make it, they don't get the last shot of the game. I didn't hate it. And he was open. He had a wide open look at the, like he came off the screen. He had a clear, like clear line of sight to the basket. He just missed like that happens. That's I get that shot all the time. Uh, that was a good shot. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was fine. Yeah. I, I literally was sitting here saying to my TV screen, please shoot that because they were, what they were down five. No, they were down five. Three like you time. need, they needed a, they needed the two for one. They needed points. I'm fine taking that Zach, Zach taking that shot. Totally. Yeah, that was a tie. Yeah, that was, that literally would have tied the game. Okay. Which is yeah. Why it down was even three. Smarter yeah. To, there you go. To do the quick two. But I, I think in terms of getting them going, I think that, um, our guy will uh, uh will Gottlieb from uh CHGO uh wrote an article about like the Bulls using um Demar and Zach screen and roll together. I think they need to use more of that to get both of them going. Um I think that honestly uh Vooch just has to make shots. Like the 10 he took 10 threes and I think pretty much all take of them and pretty much all of them were wide open and yeah. he, he made two of them. Like it, he's just got to be better. Um, DeMar can't settle the way that he's been settling, uh, on some of these shots. Like he, he's either got to keep working or he's got to pass, get off the ball. Like he, he tried to ISO at one point on Giannis and it, like it went about as well as you would expect. Um, and it's just like, man, if you've got Giannis on you, like swing the ball. That is like not a good matchup. Like it's that is a mismatch for you. So move the ball. Um, and I don't know. He just he when Demar's hero ball stuff is not working, it looks really really bad. Um, and they have too much offensive talent to not you know involve all three guys in in the action and make the Bucks make decisions. Like it's still way too much of guy standing around and watching Tamar and then like maybe he passes it to Zach with like eight seconds left on the shot clock and Zach has to come up with something like it's it, 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 I will say as far as the, the game plan went I thought Billy had a good defensive game plan I, I didn't like uh, what they were what they were trying to accomplish offensively I will say that you know they did get a lot of open threes but that's what the Bucks try to concede that's, what, that's yeah that's the bucks thing <laughs> they give up so, <laughs> like they're going to do that and yeah. you have to make them so um and the bulls just don't have shot makers really uh even their guy like vooch is supposed to be a shot maker but again 10 wide open threes and he shot made two of them it, it's just not good enough yeah that is definitely like the lonzo missing lonzo is just like really tough in terms of that uh moving the ball Ball movement in general, player movement, and just three-point shooting. Uh, missing Lonzo was really tough. Not that maybe that would make a huge difference, a total difference in this series, but uh, yeah, the the offense has devolved. I feel like a lot lately, and I I just don't know what else. Like we keep saying, like they need to do more. Like I just I just don't know if we should expect anything else at this point. Like other than like Demar and Zach just doing a lot of this. I don't know. Like well. I got a couple stats for you. I got the yeah, cleaning go glass. For it. 
I got the cleaning the glass page up in terms right. of, uh, you know, shot frequency. So Bulls did a pretty good job keeping the Bucks away from the rim. The Bucks only took 26% of their field goals at the rim. So I thought that was good for the Bulls. I talked earlier about them needing to keep the Bucks out of the open floor. I thought in general they forced the Bucks into some decently tough shots. And then the Bulls on the flip side, they took 30% of their shots at the rim, which is still only in the 48th percentile. So Bulls need more rim pressure. But what really killed the Bulls, they shot 42% at the rim. So, so many missed bunnies around the basket for the Bulls. We know that's been a problem for the team uh, pretty often this year, Vooch specifically. But, you know, you're going to have to make layups, and they couldn't make layups tonight. That killed them in a big way. And then, you know, they let the Bucks take a ton of threes. The Bucks took 42% of their shots from three, and it was an, it was an off-shooting night for the Bucks, which is why the Bulls had a chance. Uh, Steph talked about how that was sort of part of the game plan. But, you know, Bulls missing too many threes, missing too many layups. Uh, when you're only making 42% at the rim, that is some rough, rough stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rio, did you have any, anything else here for us? I, I did real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I, Go ahead. I think the, to get Damar and Zach going, they, they definitely – I think you guys touched on it already, but they definitely need – Vooch or Patrick Williams or both to step up and be a force in the paint. Other, otherwise, this series is going to be over real quick. Oh, yeah, it's, I feel like it's tough to ask for Pat. Pat did not, I feel like, did not do much. I, I had little expectations for Pat. I'm glad Billy started Pat. I feel like you had to do that against Giannis, uh, but he did not really do much. He took three shots. Like I said, he missed both his threes badly. Five points, three rebounds, two steals, minus 13, three fouls. Uh, Vooch, yeah, I mean, Vooch in the paint. I mean, Vooch definitely, he, he tried. He definitely was, he was trying down low. He got a ton of good looks inside. Uh, he had 17 rebounds, eight offensive rebounds. Like Vooch, you can't complain about Vooch's effort level tonight. Like there have been games where he is like totally gone. I believe Kevin likes to call it baby mode where he just like totally folds against like, these physical teams. Vooch did not fold tonight. He just didn't make shots and like they need him to make shots. 24 and 17 with eight offensive rebounds. And I thought defensively he was solid. He played a decent game. You got to make the shots though. It ultimately ultimately comes down to the Bulls gave up a lot to get him. He was an all-star. You can't go nine at 27. You can't be missing all your wide open fucking threes, which he's been doing all season. Uh, So they need him to, they need him to be better. Pat, like I said, Pat, Pat, Pat's in such a tough spot as a 20 year old going against Giannis. Like, I mean, that True. is such a tough ask for him. I'll take anything I get, can get from Patrick Williams in this series. Real quick, Jason and Ricky. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do, was, was Vooch, was it because he was surrounded in Orlando by a better, by better defensive players? that he was he was able to put up numbers or or he's just is he he's just having a, a rough time fitting in with this offense or something. What what do you think it is? I mean Vooch shot what forty percent his last year in Orlando. That might have been partially like bubble ball. Now was that did he shoot forty percent when it was if anyone else can help me out here, if that was when it was like no fans in the stands, like 
there was a lot of inflated three-point shooting. But even the year before that, he shot pretty well. I mean, he put up huge numbers in Orlando, and they had some pretty decent teams. And like he was playing next to like Jonathan Isaac for a bit. Uh, and Vooch can like Vooch is a decent defensive player in terms of like positioning. He's within his hands are pretty good. Obviously, when uh, and the, this year he's just he's just struggled to make shots. I feel like just all of a sudden he's missed too many shots around the rim. The three point shooting has totally fallen off. Like he, expecting him to shoot forty percent from three was not realistic, but like to go down to thirty thirty one percent has obviously just been a huge problem and was a huge issue for the Bulls coming down the stretch. So like a lot of it is just I feel like he just needs to hit shots, man. I don't know. Kevin, Ricky, thoughts on on Vooch? Yeah, I I have a theory about this. Um, I I think Rio is right that. He did. He did have better defensive talent around him in Orlando, which is why he was Aaron able. Gordon to Gordon was there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, they always put him with with other good big wings um, to to cover up some of his his weaknesses. Um, and I think you know we've seen when he has good point of attack defense, he can be a capable defender. He's he's not an erase uh, a a mistake eraser. But he he can be uh, a guy that that plays his role. Um, but I think offensively, the reason that he struggled, my theory about this is that he's one of these guys that needs he needs his shots to get into a rhythm, um, and he needs his he needs to touch the ball a lot to to stay um, locked in in terms of his his shooting. I, I I do think some of you know his shooting percentages in the years immediately leading up to when the Bulls acquired him were just luck and positive variance in his direction. And uh, we've seen some regression, but I, I just do think that he has struggled a bit uh, going from being the guy that like is really the hub of the offense and gets, you know, 20 shots a night or uh, close to it. Um, and then going and, and being a guy that is taking many fewer of those shots. Uh, like he's still kind of the hub of the offense because they run a lot of screen and roll action with him, but he's just, he's primarily when they do that, just setting the screen and popping or setting the screen and, and rolling and, and not often getting the ball back. Um, and if he does a lot of the times it's specifically to, to set up a kick to the corner in the short roll. Um, like, so I just think that he is a guy that, uh, some guys I think need the ball to, to get their numbers. Um, and some guys can slide into a smaller role pretty effectively. And I, I have a feeling that Vooch is maybe just one of those guys that, uh, is really good at having a lot of usage on, you know, decent efficiency, but not when you drop him down, you don't get the benefit of like the, um, like the usage and efficiency trade-off, which is broadly speaking a thing that exists, but for certain players it doesn't exist. Like most of the, on average, if you if you decrease a guy's role, he's going to be taking easier shots, and so his efficiency will go up. But that doesn't work that way for every player, and I think Vooch might be like one of those guys where it, it just doesn't work that way for him. The other thing with Vooch, I would say, is that he just doesn't get anything easy, really. When you're a seven foot, 250 pound big man and you're getting sub two free throw attempts per game, it's like he's just not getting a lot of the easy shots that a lot of other guys do. Look at his basketball reference page. I'm shocked to see that Vooch 
almost put up a career high in two point percentage this year. I had to double check to make sure I wasn't on the wrong page, but he shot 53.4% on two pointers this year. That's better than he shot, uh, any year in Orlando besides for one where he shot 55% on two point range. So really the big area where Vooch decreased was just in his three point percentage. But the Bulls need him to be taking those shots because when you got DeMar operating so frequently out of the mid-range, I really feel like you need a stretch five for DeMar to be at his best. So for Vooch, that meant another role adjustment of like, okay, we need you to take more three-pointers. In this series, it's obvious that they need Vooch to shoot because you have to pull Brooke Lopez away from the rim. But, you know, Vooch's three-point shot really sort of abandoned him. Uh, When the Bulls traded for him, in 2021, coming over for Orlando, he was at 40.6% from three. This year, 31.4%. So I was always worried about that with the trade. I think I said that, Jason, on our immediate reaction podcast after they swung the trade for you did. You did. I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to maintain this level of three-point shooting because, you know, you look at the 2019-2020 season, 34%. The year before that, 36%. year before that, 31%, 30%. So he didn't have a long track record. That might have been a Julius Randle, like shooting in open gyms type three point season. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And shocked though, looking at just basketball reference in the field goal percentage by distance, Vooch made 71% of his shots within three feet this year, which is just about a career high. Uh, 2018 was his career high. But it was like, you know, in line or a little above his previous averages. So then I'm thinking, all right, well, he wasn't very good in the three to 10 foot area of the floor. Well, he made 49%. And that was, again, just about a career high. So I think Vooch really, he was missing a bunch of bunnies at the start of the season. Uh, his finishing did get a little bit better. I think in general, he's an easy scapegoat for you to, you know, blame all the team's problems on. But, you know, the the shortcomings of this roster were never solely Vooch's, you know, Vooch, Vooch wasn't responsible for the shortcomings of the roster. That was never going to be the case. I think he's brought a lot of good Definitely stuff. Agree. But like, dude, you're building a team around Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vooch. You know, the easiest guy to upgrade on of those three spots is Vooch to try to get like a talent upgrade because, you know, you're, it's going to be very hard to upgrade on Levine, even though... Levine entering free agency with the injury issues. You hope he's able to get 100% healthy again and be the guy we saw him be at the start of this season and last season. And then DeMar just had such an incredible year this year at age 32 uh, that it's natural to look at Vooch and be like, okay, this is the spot where we need to upgrade. But in general, like it's just hard to find centers who are better than Vooch, even if he does have some shortcomings. So uh, really this game, I'm looking at DeMar. And this was a rough DeMar game, man. I feel like I got some egg on my face because throughout the end of the season— You said DeMar was going to kill it in these playoffs. I kept saying DeMar's game was built for the postseason this year. I thought the way he sort of retooled his shot selection, his ability to get to the line more often, really was going to make him uh, more successful in the postseason. And he fucking sucked today. Like That's the end of the story. DeMar sucked today. So I agree with you on that, Ricky, but the the thing about it is is that— the, the the Bulls were actually exposed. They they I think teams figured out after the, the All-Star break when they started losing all of these games, they figured out how to defend the Bulls 
which was the the trapping and double yep. team at Zach and Demar, and Zach and Demar were not quick with making decisions, getting rid of the ball, and and you know um, gave up some some bad passes, you know, uh, from holding on to the ball too long, and a lot of teams forced them, you know, forced the Bulls to make a decision like we're not going to give Zach and DeMar anything. Everybody else has to try and beat us now. Now, I'm going to say in this game, someone feel free to correct me, but I don't think they trapped DeMar very often in this game. Like DeMar was facing a lot of one-on-one coverage from Wes Matthews to my eye. Again, someone correct me if I'm wrong. And he either just wasn't getting like three feet close enough. Like all his shots were a little bit further back or a little bit rushed. And I felt like that's why he was missing. Uh, Kevin, like, how do you think the Bulls get DeMar going again or just like general thoughts on them, you know, stealing a game in this series within the next two? Yeah, um, I mean, I I agree with you. Uh, I don't think he was really trapped tonight uh, for the most part. They they trusted their guys, uh, Drew Holiday and Wes Matthews, to basically be able to handle DeMar um, in single coverage. And they were proven right with that. I think that they probably have the trapping sort of in their back pocket if yeah. DeMar ever gets going. Um, but they didn't need it tonight, which I think is, a, uh, you know, con- concerning to a certain extent because, um, you know, I think that they, like a lot of teams, you don't show everything in the first game. And that's why, you know, keeping it as close as they did, playing the Bulls playing as good as they did on defense, uh, you want to steal this game like clearly the bucks were not as prepared or as sharp as they should have been um and the the bulls really had an opportunity uh if they could have just made some of the open looks that they had um or got better looks on some of the possessions where demar just didn't get off the ball um you know they had a chance and i think that that's going to be the the tricky thing is if the, if Demar does get cooking, they're going to throw that trap at him, and uh, you know the Bulls um, have some talent, but they have enough guys that you can ignore offensively because um, you know I don't know if I've said this anywhere uh, publicly, but I had a, a guy that uh, is a scout for one of the NBA teams pop into my DMs early in the season. Um, and it was when things were going good for the Bulls, and he was just like, man, the Bulls just, they're, they have, like, no depth. <laughs> and I was like, well, what are you talking about? We, they got, you know, Javante, they got all these guys, and they, he was, he's like, Javante's fine, but, like, you know, if he's a big part of your rotation, that's probably not great for you. No you know, depth I, when it matters. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Like that's regular season depth. Yeah, and so I, I think that that's going to be the tricky part. I, I don't I don't know, like, I mean – they're underdogs. They're, they're probably not going to win this series. So I don't really like know what the, the answer is to, to maximize it. I do think that they, they have to, um, I don't know, in film study or whatever, like somebody has to get through to DeMar that like, he's, if he can't, if he can't beat his man and get to his spots, he's got to get off the ball quicker because these possessions where he drains the shot clock and then grenades a pass out to, you know, a teammate, with like no time to do anything like most of his teammates are not that great besides Zach at creating something out of nothing anyway. Uh, and so if you do that and then also put them in 
bad situations where they're having to try to create, you know, out of nothing, it's not going to go well. And it didn't go well today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is definitely just an issue uh, in terms of they just like have not do not. I said earlier, they just do not have enough guys who like do stuff. Uh, and I do wonder, like, like Demar, just like I'm just saying, fuck it, I'm gonna t- take this myself or whatever. But definitely, they need to. He, I feel like their stars need to trust other guys more, but the stars also need to play better. We'll see. Fairly, definitely a disappointing loss. We're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you everybody for commenting and for the people who came up here and talked. Uh, the fact that this game was close. This was a Kind of a fun game, despite it being super ugly and the Bulls shot 32% and couldn't make anything. It was it was nice that it was close. It was a, a pleasant surprise that it was competitive, but disappointing that they ended up losing because it was right there. Uh, we'll see. We got game two is coming up on Wednesday, so we got a couple games off, uh, or a couple days off until uh, game two. We'll see. Hopefully, I've said. The Bulls can't obviously rely on the Bucks playing this poorly again. The Bucks only shot 40%. They were 10 at 38 from three, 15 of 23 from, from the free throw line. You have to imagine they're going to play better. So the Bulls are going to have to play better themselves. Uh, they're going to have to shoot better. Their stars are going to have to play better. But uh, hopefully maybe this game will be a precursor to at least a competitive series. I don't think any of us thought they were actually going to win this series. But if they're competitive and they lose, I will take it. We'll see what happens. Um, Tough game one, 93-86 loss. But, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Thank you for everybody else for joining us. Uh, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, our, this pod will be up later, so if you came on late, you want to listen to this later, uh, this pod will be up on the Cash Considerations feed. Uh, later, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. Give us those five-star ratings. We will talk to you guys later. Again, game two is on Wednesday, and we will probably do another pod either. We might do another live one after that game, or maybe Thursday. We'll see. Uh, But again, some cash considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.